Hello and welcome to another AllMonster.com Monster Truck Podcast. This is episode number 14, and as usual, it is sponsored by absolutely no one and is the most unprofessional professional podcast in the world. As always, I am joined by, or maybe Dustin is joined by me. Either way, Dustin Hart, how are you doing? Where have you been, and what is up, sir? Uh, I've been all over. Uh, things that are up are the amount of air that monster trucks are getting. If you've been watching recent recent shows, and uh, yeah, uh, it's been a busy month since we uh, we last did this here uh, podcast thing. Absolutely. Thank you guys for all of your support. By the way, on the last episode that we talked about Gary Porter and Dennis Anderson retiring, it was nice to read all your comments. I'll probably call back to a few of those as we go throughout. But we have a lot of shows that we want to talk about. Of course, we kind of provide you guys with the the sights and the sounds and the experiences of some people that have been through this a lot as far as going to shows and having impressions and thoughts and feelings and such. So, Dustin, you're the one that's been in all the shows. Where do we go from here, man? What do you want to talk about? I'm just kind of going to be the interviewer this time, I think. Uh, first show, if we're going to go in like chronological order, uh, first one out for me in October since we last did the podcast uh, was Benson, North Carolina with the Monster Truck Throwdown crew. Uh, always a fun time with the Monster Truck Throwdown crew. Uh, guaranteed to have plenty of laughs and watch some cool stuff happen. Uh, that was certainly the case in Benson, despite some uh, less than satisfactory weather on Saturday night. Still had a pretty good show there. Um, a lot of fun there, as always. I'm kind of repeating myself already. We're off to a good start with this podcast, but um, one of the things that I took away from the weekend, uh, Brian Wright continues to be an awesome guy, an awesome driver, uh, totally underrated guy behind the wheel. Um, you know, I think he's getting more and more notice, uh, as he's getting better and better behind the wheel, but, uh, really a top notch talent keeps getting better, uh, knows how to really run the truck hard without breaking it too often. Uh, had a little bit of bad luck with some breakage over the course of the weekend in Benson, but still came back and was able to put on strong performances. Unfortunately, lost a champagne glass on the last freestyle of the, the weekend. Cut his efforts just a little bit short, but uh, Brian's still awesome dude, awesome driver. Uh, always enjoy getting to see him run. I'm spoiled a little bit with how much I've gotten to see him run over the last couple of years, and we'll continue to get to see him run uh, this coming season. Uh, Another name to talk about, Kurt Phillips. Um, Kurt did a little bit of double duty in Benson, uh, jumping in and out of Lumberjack and the Crustacean, uh, putting on great freestyles in both trucks, both nights. Um, got cut short a little bit on Saturday night in his freestyle with Crustacean when uh, something in the front end broke. But Kurt's really uh, showing that he's got some talent behind the wheel, uh, looks very comfortable in either truck. Um has really driven Lumberjack much harder and much better than some of the other drivers that have uh, been filling the seat. No offense to the other guys, but he just looks to be significantly more comfortable and um, really getting after it. I mean, he's hitting that truck hard, doing big airs, getting some sweet slap wheelies, which is something you can always expect out of the bottom feeder camp. Um, just been a lot of fun to watch him uh, drive. I think he's going to be somebody to look at uh, in the future, you know, uh, depending upon where Greg and company are going to be running over the future. Um, you could see a lot out of Kurt. I mean, he's got some talent there. You can see he's he's getting better with every show. He's getting more and more comfortable. He's not afraid of the truck. He looks very comfortable in it. So uh, looking forward to see what Kurt can do in the future. Uh, another guy that's very comfortable and running hard, uh, Corey Rummel, Rage. Uh, if you've watched him at all over the last couple of seasons, that truck works great, and when it's at 110%, you got to watch out for Corey because he's an animal in freestyle, usually goes very hard. I mean, all you got to do is look back to his freestyle in Oakland this year and see just just how hard he runs and just how much that uh, that truck can do and take. Um, Corey ran great all weekend in Benson. Uh, broke a right rear off, if I remember correctly, uh, in the Friday night freestyle, but came back and put on another great show Saturday night despite the rain. Uh, it was definitely coming down pretty good in Benson on Saturday night. And on top of that, uh, that pulling track clay, it was kind of an ice skating rink in spots. But uh, the, everybody really worked hard to put on a good show. Uh, Jim Kohler had some bad luck uh, kind of over the course of the whole month, but we'll get into later. But uh, 
Otherwise, uh, Collier put on a good show with what he had to work with. The truck fought him in a couple of different ways. He uh, lost front brakes in the truck on Friday night during freestyle, but still ran very well. Brakes? Yeah. What do you What do you mean? Well, when you're on a pulling track, they kind of come in handy. Yeah, uh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, uh, Kohler still ran very good. You know, typical big air Kohler. Um, Saturday night, the truck was running with a sour motor. Wasn't quite where it needed to be. Uh, just ended up having issues after the wheelie contest. I uh, think he started off his freestyle run on about seven cylinders. Maybe got down to about six. And that thing sounded like an outboard boat motor, but Kohler was still getting after it, still getting some big air, trying to make do with what he could. You know, um, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. For those of you who just got to interject real quickly, uh, you said it sounded like an outboard boat motor. Uh, Mr. Kohler is known for working on said engines for <laughs> vehicles. He works at a marina, if you guys didn't know. So... In some ways, that could be considered a compliment, but when you say it's a sour motor, that's not good. Uh, yeah, Kohler, Kohler knows how to how to tune an engine, how to make trucks run well, so when Avenger has a problem, it's not going to be for lack of trying. Oh, absolutely. You know, Kohler's always going to give it his all, and uh, he certainly gave it hell during his freestyle run, but there's really but so much that motor could do. Uh, he was able to put on a good show still, and uh, you know, the, the crowd was still into it. Uh, Jamie Garner uh, and Overboard. I mean, we keep talking about Garner. We'll continue to talk about Garner in this podcast as we get further along. But uh, Garner just keeps getting better and better behind the wheel. You can tell he's more and more comfortable. The truck works so good. Um, you know, they've got a great thing together there with that camp and that truck. And really excited to see what they come up with in the future. Um, you know, Garner was pretty strong all weekend. He was. He's been great all summer long on the Throwdown Tour. Um, another really good pair of freestyle runs from him uh, was strong in racing as well. So, you know, Garner just keeps getting better. It's kind of more of the same. So I feel like I'm being repeater bill, but we'll touch base again with Garner uh, later on in the podcast. And uh, on the other side of the, uh, the trailer uh, is fiance, fiance. If I could talk clearly, uh, <laughs> Deidre Ballard had a, had a strong weekend herself, you know, for Deidre, she's wasn't, I think quite totally, um, on board with the idea maybe at first of being a full-time driver um, she totally uh, just I think she wanted to just get into it one time and just kind of say she did it yeah but see and that's the problem man I could speak from experience actual experience on this one I'm, I'm gonna tell you this and, and I don't know if they've let, ever let you fire one up but once you do it dude it's it is powerful than the most powerful drugs you could experience in the world I will say that much. Like, I got to move Del Scorcho. Yeah, there's a shout out. From the pit area to the pit party in Reno, Nevada. Then I moved Del Scorcho back up the tunnel and parked it. That's all I did. And when I hopped out in the pit party, Charlie Pocket was looking right at me and he goes, with, with his Chucky grin, that evil grin that you guys know so well if you've seen him after he's had a really good freestyle run and just kicked everybody's ass. Uh... He looks at he looks at me and goes, "So, what'd you think?" And I just raise my hand up, and it's shaking like you know, 500 miles an hour. Yeah, that's basically summing up your experience in a monster truck. So, anybody that gets a chance and just says, "Ah, you know, I'll I'll hop in once," and no, no, you're not. As soon as you get that that sniff, as soon as you get a little taste of what you're doing with a monster truck, if you're any kind of adrenaline junkie, you will never ever want to stop. Yeah, and for Deidre, you know, I think the first time, you know, she was she was solid behind the wheel of the truck. I mean, you can see it in the throwdown for what DVD. She was very solid behind the wheel of the truck, and she spent so much time on the outside of the truck working on it and being a part of the team and just being a fan in general. You know, she doesn't want to go out there and kind of uh, underperform, if you will, to her expectations. And, uh, you know, she continues to get better and better every time she's behind the wheel of the truck. And... You know, for her, it's just getting that confidence and knowing that what she's doing out on the track isn't boring and doesn't totally suck. Right. Uh, because I think in her mind, she's still afraid that she's going to go out there and suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Deidre did a great job. Uh, much love to you, Deidre. Uh, keep keep after it. Uh, you don't suck. Uh, 
you know, again, it's just for her, she's got to continue to get comfortable and get some more confidence behind the wheel of the truck. Um, she's doing good, and she's got the best people around her to learn from. So she's going to continue to improve. Uh, so, you know, looking forward to seeing her get some more shows, uh, likely over the summertime, you know, with some more throwdown events and uh, other independent promoters. Definitely. Yeah, I like seeing those those kind of stores. I like seeing people come up through it, and maybe they didn't, Maybe they didn't have any interest in driving, but once they did, they become passionate about it. And uh, it's really cool to have another husband and wife team kind of get this thing popping. You know, we haven't really seen a lot of those in the industry, and it it really is a great and easy marketing ploy, too. Hey, the husband and wife, it's a family sport, yada, yada. We can get this thing really, really just easy, easy to sell that a family that is in this industry is going to connect with a family that is in the stands. So I, I think that's great, you know. And and yeah, to your point about a lot of drivers really do value the opinions of people close to the sport. Uh, we've had Leo Donnell and Barry Musauer talk about their crew chiefs and that they rely heavily on those guys and gals to be able to be their eyes and, and their fans, if you will, in a way, and say, hey, yeah, that slap wheelie over there looked really good. You know, you could do this here and this here because they don't have a camera outside the truck to watch their own freestyle run as it's happening. And it's very tough to know exactly what looks cool and what doesn't besides experience being a great teacher, like you were saying with guys like Rummel and, uh, you know, the crustacean team getting getting some more experience. Besides experience being the best teacher, having a good solid set of eyes on the outside is really a good teacher as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, for so many of these drivers, like you're saying, you know, having that good crew chief or having somebody that's a good teacher in their camp that can kind of guide them in the right direction and tell them subtle little things that maybe others won't see. You know, the common fan doesn't quite understand, you know, hey, you're landing in the throttle a little bit here or you're dragging the brake a little bit too much there. You know, it's just little subtle things that, you know, either, you know, somebody that's really experienced with it and totally knows this, these trucks inside and out as a, as a crew chief or another driver, you know, they can point drivers in the right direction and give them that nice little extra tidbit that's going to help improve their driving. Absolutely. What else do you got, man? Well, while I was in Benson, North Carolina, uh, saw uh, the Glendale event was happening as well out there in Arizona on the other end of the coast. I wasn't there, of course, but my older brother was. Uh, first time my brother got to check out a show in quite some time. So uh, That's news uh, to me. Let's hear all about it. It's weird getting text updates from my brother, of all people, who hasn't been to a show in probably like 15 years about the show probably a unique perspective though somebody that hasn't been in it for a while yeah what what were his impressions he greatly enjoyed it um you know i mean it's such a you know for us you know we've been so kind of immersed into this for so long i mean over the last 15 years you and i have been getting every monster truck show we possibly could you know for so long and and working inside the industry that uh, it's kind of hard for us to have that new fan perspective or disconnected fan perspective, if you will. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for him, the first time going to a show, it's a massive difference between now and 15 years ago. I mean, you think back 15 years ago, it was 2002. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shows are a lot different now. Uh, totally different beast. And, uh, you know, Glendale was an example of a of a pretty good stadium show. I felt like there were some good highlights there. You know, Ryan Anderson continuing to kill it every time he's behind the wheel. Uh, he's now joining the ranks of his brother as another Anderson has jumped over a Max D truck. Yep. Uh, pretty impressive run from Ryan as usual in freestyle. Uh, Charlie Pauk and Slap Wheelies are still freaking awesome. Uh, I know you're a fan, and I am a massive fan as well. If you're uh, not a fan of Charlie Pawkin and or Charlie Pawkin Slap Wheelies, then you're probably not a fan of burritos. Call back to the last podcast. And you probably <laughs> shouldn't be watching or listening or whatever you're doing. I'm just saying you got to appreciate, respect, love, care about burritos and Slap Wheelies. I uh, wholeheartedly agree, and I feel like that should be a T-shirt or something. Uh, it may not have <laughs> massive appeal, but uh, all right, T-shirt companies, we're going, we're going for our first sponsor here. T-shirt companies, hit us up. Burritos and Slap Wheelies, Slap Wheelie Burritos, whatever, whatever it's going to be. All right. I feel like it has a limited appeal, but uh, for about the twelve of us out there, it's a niche uh, audience. And, yes. And, yeah. 
but uh continuing onward uh just some other impressions from glendale um enjoyed seeing eric swanson's freestyle uh you know that young kid's getting better and better behind the wheel uh Truck works pretty well. Um, I like the unique look with the old school Ford body on it too. We haven't really talked too much about that, but um, you know they've got a good thing going there. Looking forward to see what Eric can do this coming first quarter. It doesn't have a ton of stadium shows right off the bat, but uh, you know we'll see what the future holds for him. Um, also, Lindsey Wink uh, continuing his kind of trend of just really working hard on freestyle this year um you could see it throughout first quarter and then over the summer and now carrying over into the fall events wink's getting better and better at freestyle you can tell it's a focus of his uh he's getting a little bit more and more aggressive and really just getting after it um you know now if you see wink in a lineup you can almost expect him to be the big air of the night kind of guy because he is really scented on a number of occasions uh this year and continued on over the next couple of events. But, uh, Wink did strong, uh, you know, had another strong outing. Um, love watching Cody associate, uh, race and freestyle. Uh, you know, while I wasn't in Glendale, I did get to catch him in Houston and it was kind of more of the same there. Uh, Cody is really aggressive with his driving style. He's very fast paced, has a lot of flow to it. Um, and it's the same thing for his racing as well. You know, he's one of those guys that's not afraid to dirt track the truck around and put it on the edge. Because if you're dirt tracking the truck and you hook a rut or you find that tacky spot in the floor, that's a you're in trouble shit, dude. really yeah. quick. That's a kid like, shit. And either that or you roll so hard you roll back over and that's still not cool. Uh, re- really quickly, uh, Lindsey Wink also is a big fan of Bill Burr, so shouts to him. He probably loves burritos and slap wheelies as well. And uh, I, I would go out on a limb and say... Uh, that Cody may listen to the podcast uh, because we were talking about that we love rivalries and that there's not enough of that and that you know you don't have to hate each other and get into fights in the pit areas like NASCAR but I love a good rivalry and I love that he is doing the rivalry thing and that it's being highlighted with Mr. BJ Johnson. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool little thing there because those guys work together hand-in-hand hand at the shop down in Tampa. So they've got their own little playful rivalry going on there. And, and, you know, it's a lot of bragging rights on the line. But, you know, those guys definitely want to outdo one another each and every time that they do get the chance to go against one another on the track. Um, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, when I think it was Friday night when I, or Thursday or Friday night whenever I was in Houston. Uh, got the chance to kind of just sit around and, and – uh, chit chat with BJ Johnson for a little while and hearing him talk about going back and forth, trade punches a little bit with, with Cody. And I think it was a Laredo, Texas was the weekend before Houston. Yeah. And those two are really getting after it. Um, you know, exchanging event wins between one another and contest wins, etc. Um, those guys were really, you know, having their own little competition within competitions, you know, yeah, there's other drivers and trucks there, but those two were really focused on trying to beat one another. And it was fun to kind of hear the, the back and forth, you know, exchanges and, and those guys really, you know, pushing one another, um, to try and one up each other. Uh, it's cool to hear that. If we talk about it, you know, when you say Anderson and Mintz, nobody questions what it is. You know, it, it was a rivalry. It pushed progression of the sport. It pushed better performances. Now it's, you know, Laduke and Neil Elliott or Laduke and Wink or that kind of thing. Now it's BJ Johnson and Mr. Sociate. Uh, there's a lot of that, and I just want it to keep going like that. I want them to want to beat each other. This is what we wanted in a point series as well. Things are getting a little more streamlined. They're getting better. Things are progressing. Just keep at it, and I think that's a really good niche, a really good thing that is happening within the sport that just, just let them be, guys, at the top. Just let them continue doing that kind of stuff. It's good for the sport. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think genuine rivalries and, you know, just something something a little extra to add to kind of not necessarily the storylines, but, you know, even if it is just for us total dorks to follow, you know, it, it is fun to kind of see. It, it drums up just a little bit of excitement. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you got Cody, you got AZ. Uh, what was next on the docket for the Dustin Hart Traveling Roadshow? Well, the, the next on the docket was actually I was sent out to Vegas to work the Monster Energy Duels, which were a part of the Monster Energy Cup pit party. Um, 
bit of an interesting experience there. Uh, it was a little bummed that I wasn't in Indianapolis to check out the show, and we'll touch base on Indianapolis here in a second. But um, it was definitely it was an interesting uh, afternoon for me working that event. Uh, had a couple of monster truck related tie-ins. Uh, our old buddy George Balhan uh, was out there in the Can-Am duels, uh, which was kind of a celebrity race. Uh, that was happening there in the pit party and Balhan did pretty good ended up finishing second uh, in the K&M races to uh, Bilko a couple other monster truck connections uh, Casey Curry was the one kind of organizing the event and for those that are dorky enough to remember and have been paying attention during the time when Robbie Gordon was putting together a CRD truck and was eyeing running with Monster Jam etc uh Casey Curry was one of the two people I think that had actually driven that truck before it eventually was sold and became Bigfoot 19. But, yep. uh, you know, so Casey's got a little bit of monster truck experience. He drove Robbie Gordon's truck before it was eventually sold. And he's also done some field testing with monster jam as well. Uh, cool dude. And was putting together a cool little event there with, uh, with all of the pro lights, uh, and, you know, some of the guys from the short course industry, uh, also got to meet and talk to uh, Diesel Dave and Heavy D from the Diesel Brothers. As so many of you know, they're getting involved with Monster Jam this year. Can, you, um, can we maybe? I gotta say it. You know what I'm gonna say too, don't you? Uh, can we? Can we maybe? I've seen a few videos. Can we maybe <laughs> talk to them a little bit about letting off that throttle right at the top of the jump? Because man, that looked brutal. I hope they're okay. And I mean, it sounds like I'm just being a jerk, but man. Those couple of nose dives that they showed off of those guys snapping those trucks up, man, that looked rough. Like you got somebody. I hope that that and and I'm sure that it did because you know everybody's out there watching them. That was brutal on equipment. I know it was brutal on the body because you don't have any sort of suspension when you land on the front tie rod, and yeah, that just. I I hope somebody was like, look, you cannot do that again. Uh, because that's going to suck for the crew guys. It's going to suck for them. They're going to hurt themselves. So I, I hope that things go better. They got Colt Stevens out there getting ready to drive. I'm assuming the majority of that tour, but they're making it seem like those guys are going to run as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was able to talk to uh, diesel Dave and heavy D a little bit here and there. Uh, both guys seem to be pretty cool. I, uh, spent a little bit more time talking to diesel Dave and, uh, very, uh, came across to me as a pretty humble guy, very easygoing. Um, and uh, those guys are, you know, excited about anything to do with motors. And, uh, you know, so then being with Monster Jam, it's kind of a natural fit. Curious That's... to see what will come with the, the Brodozer truck. I mean, I'm really excited to see Colt Stevens continue driving because he's awesome. We've discussed Colt Stevens a ton here, so I don't want to go too far with that. But yeah, um, those guys definitely could use a little bit of refining uh, if you haven't seen the, the clips of them field testing. Yeah, there's some ouchy moments in there. There's definitely some nosedives, uh, definitely putting their belts to work. For sure. Uh, I, I applaud the aggressiveness, so don't take that the wrong way, guys, if you're listening or anybody else. Don't take that the wrong way because my monster truck, it ran like crap today. I'm here to tell you because it didn't run. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying it, it's, it's more of a figment of your imagination. Right, dude. Like, man, it ran terrible. But uh, it seriously, like, it was it was a bit of a problem for me watching that because I'm like, man, I hope that they rein that in. Uh, and I can remember the first, maybe the first time Pastrana was given a chance to run, uh, El Toro Loco had to be back halved afterwards. Uh, so I mean, you know, there is that whole familiarity with things with motors, and that's all well and fine. But then they realize quickly a monster truck is like a mechanical bull on wheels turned up to the highest setting that is guaranteed to buck you off if you screw around. So it's like, I, I just want them to be safe. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, especially when there's a chance to have some more outside influence and some, some kind of cross promotion, some mutual uh, respect for equipment and stuff, hopefully. So I, I would like to see that. The other thing is with, with diesel powered trucks. I mean, we have actually seen the original diesel, Dave uh, Red Zeris have some pretty decent runs and some moderate success with a diesel-powered truck. I'm just interested to see how this thing's going to work when you pit it up against a regular truck. I don't know the specifics. I'm not an engineering major. I don't know how to math. But I am interested in what what it took to get there and how it's going to run. Is is Stevens really going to be on the same plane as these guys mechanically? You know, that that's kind of running through my mind. 
Yeah, I would imagine, you know, Monster Jam doesn't want to bring out a truck, you know, that's, you know, got this kind of uh, celebrity attached to it, if you will, with, with the Diesel Brothers name to it. Uh, I, I very seriously doubt that they're going to come out to the floor with a truck that's not quite on par in terms of power and competitiveness. So I imagine there's some hard work being done to try and get this, whatever they're running for a diesel setup, and me trying to, you know, come up with or elaborate anything at all in terms of motor knowledge uh, is a bad idea because I'm blissfully ignorant of how to set up and build a motor by any means. Uh, so that's why I will talk to guys like Richard Midget yeah. <laughs> and get their feedback. Yes. Um, but with that being said, uh, I imagine there's a lot of testing being taken place and, you know, just trying to do everything they can to, you know, make sure that it's on a level playing field with the rest of the trucks. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just as curious, I think, as anybody to see uh, what they have done different, what they have come up with differently for did, did, did their motor setup. To, uh, to really talk to them a lot about that, uh, about any of that sort of thing, or was it Not just kind necess- of basic stuff? Not really. It was more just a, hey, how are you? And discussing the event at hand and, you know, basically saying, you know, hey, you know, what are you guys looking at for for shows next year? And said, well, you know, we're hoping to get into a few. Okay. Uh, question is, is will that happen during first quarter? Will that be stadium appearances? Will it be arena appearances? Will it be post first quarter? You know, there's a lot going on there. And I imagine that they'll want to have that truck in you know, some premier events, if you will, and have that thing get some airtime, literally and figuratively. And, you know, uh, it'll be an interesting pairing to see see how that grows in the future. Because, I mean, while I've never really watched the show myself, uh, it's immensely popular. I think it's pretty clear, uh, you know, and the diesel truck scene is really growing uh, across the country. So, you know, there's an untapped market there, I guess you can say. And, uh, you know, there's something there there's some good or some popularity or some exposure to come from all of that definitely yeah totally agree with you there so that kind of pushes us slightly towards indianapolis i believe <laughs> yes yeah, so while uh while i happen to be in vegas and dealing with the monster energy duels uh, i was still getting updates from some friends and stuff like that and came home and was able to check out some stuff on indie it looked like a great show despite uh the ridiculous number of rollovers and recoveries that were taking place during the course of the night. Um, so a few highlights that I took away from watching stuff from the event. Uh, Becky McDonough keeps getting better and better behind the wheel of a truck. Uh, she was really getting after it a couple of different times in her freestyle run, really pushing the truck in some big air. Um, looking forward to seeing Becky continue on first quarter. Uh, she didn't get a ton of, you know, hype, uh, this first quarter. She was kind of flying under the radar without being on the TV tour this year, but, uh, you know, she keeps getting better. She's looking more and more comfortable in the truck. Um, sometimes that's better though. I, I gotta say, I, I feel like, and again, my monster truck right now, like crap. So you guys know, it's just from talking to people and experiences being on the road and things like that. Sometimes it's better not to have that pressure. You know, if you will, of knowing the TV cameras are on and that, you know, if you go out there and roll first hit, it's going to be on TV in a few weeks and people are going to have this impression versus, okay, not that you would back off at all, but just, hey, now I can relax just a little bit, have some fun with this, learn, and not be afraid of falling on my face. Try some things. You know, how does the sport progress? Well, people have to try stuff and see if it works. And when you're trying it on the biggest stage versus maybe just a little bit step down kind of thing and you get a whole first quarter to kind of get some more seat time on a, in a lower pressure environment, by the time you're ready for that bright stage, I mean, you saw it with her run in Vegas, all of a sudden everybody goes, what? I, I didn't think she was going to do that. Well, she's been doing it all first quarter. You just haven't seen it. So that's kind of the, I, I think it's a good thing that maybe she didn't have that pressure yeah and you know i she you know the more and more seat time she gets i think the better and you know it's kind of a tough transition you know going from having dedicated so much time and energy uh the first year of the arena tour you know they were in that for so long it's kind of hard to adjust back and you know there were there were flashes of brilliance in the 2016 fs1 championship series you know some of her runs were great there were also some nights that, well, she would probably not really want to add to her highlight reel because there were some one-hit wonders in the mix. Um, 
But then, you know, it capped off, you know, the end of that year with the freestyle win in her last stadium event of the season in her home state, Minneapolis. And, you know, she kept that up over the course of first quarter. You know, she got after it in a number of those stadiums. Uh, I want to say I remember Oakland was a really great run. I think uh, I think Toronto was another one of those, um, you know, and she's getting better and better. So, uh, you know, kudos to Becky for keeping after it. And, you know, she's the first one to admit when she's not when she hasn't had the best night. But, uh, you know, she's definitely trying. You got to give her credit for that. And, you know, the results are coming through. Um, another note, I guess you could say from Indianapolis, uh, bum to see Jim Kohler having some bad luck over the course of these couple of stadium shows. Uh, it was kind of the same deal for him in, in Houston as well. Um, ended up breaking only like two hits into his freestyle in Indianapolis. Uh, wasn't able to keep going and Houston, uh, lost something in the rear end and really didn't get to go, but so far into his freestyle run. I want to see that new chassis unleashed again in a big Monster Jam stadium floor because I have seen that truck pushed to the limits, uh, you know, in other settings. You know, Vegas was, you know, the massive and stunning unveiling. But, you know, Kohler really, you know, has continued to run hard with it all year long. Uh, I was able to see him in Bridgeport, New Jersey, and Kohler killed it that weekend. That truck was working fantastic, huge air all weekend long, just a ton of fun. Uh, So I know that truck is capable of great things. It's just kind of a bummer that the first time we get to see it back on a Monster Jam Stadium environment, it kind of had some just weird, funky little gremlins uh, creep up. Because, I mean, we've seen what Kohler can do with the old truck and the high motor setup and just the truck just didn't work quite the same as you know what some of the competition has to offer so you know now that he's kind of in a truck that's more like the rest of the field if you will uh you know i i want to see what Kohler can come up with and uh i know you're kind of in the same boat as well now it's it's weird to say this but i feel like Kohler's biggest opponent is his equipment holding up not that it's bad equipment because it's the most stout equipment in the industry it's just luck he's just been having some bad luck Everybody goes through those streaks. He will figure it out. His team will figure it out. And once they do, get back. <laughs> and stay back. But have a camera in your hand. Because I, yes. I, I was so proud, so impressed, so happy for him in Vegas. Because, yeah, he didn't win. But, you know, if that tire holds up and a couple other things go his way, he's there. And every time his equipment holds up, he's there. You know he's got a shot at the victory, and that's all you can really ask for with how stout the fields are most of the time. So that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. It's a little disappointing, but uh, probably about time with all the freestyle wins Ryan Anderson's been ripping off to uh, see him just take a dive early. He goes, he live, <laughs> makes his living on two wheels now, nowadays, it seems, and he finally did take a tumble. Uh, you just kind of get used to him being so feather light on the throttle, so so led tough when he needs to be but having total control all the time even though it looks out of control all of a sudden he just took a tumble and hey they stepped up uh you know everybody's ready if one truck falters the other one's there cool to see uh just a little bit of a surprise to see him kind of be a little out of rhythm i guess and uh and toss one over early yeah, well, and then, you know, like you're saying, you know, the rest of the competition stepping up, um, you know, you look at some of the runs that happened earlier in the night, you know, with Buddy Morgan Kane, our Buddy Morgan Kane as well. Shout out, Morgan Kane. Hey, um, hey, them transitions, though. Keep doing that, Morgan. You better be listening <laughs> to this. I'm telling you right now, those transitions were sweet. Yes. Um, you know, Morgan's run was fantastic. You know, uh, you know, we're talking about the, the hit, you know, going from the jammer stacker over the jackrabbit, you know, pod, if you will. Uh, you know, that was a huge hit and plenty of other huge air hits from Morgan during the course of the run. Plenty of uh, plenty of good momentum and, you know, great flow to his freestyle run. Uh, Speaks you know, to a guy with comfort in his equipment. You can see he's really starting to send it now. Knows the truck's not going to hurt him. Knows he has good crew behind him and the truck has been uh, beaten around, for lack of better words, for the better part of a year. So, hey, go ahead and send that thing. You can see his comfort levels rising in the truck. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, and, you know, going back to talking about Lindsey Wink, you know, we were saying earlier and how he's stepping up his freestyle game. Indianapolis was another prime example, you know, comes away with the freestyle win. The overall event win went ridiculously huge a few times over the hybrid pod, if you will. Um, 
you know, Wink's really getting after it. Um, you know, he wants to win. I think he wants to make a statement that this past season wasn't a fluke. And, you know, he wants to keep proving that, you know, not only is he a great driver, but, you know, he wants to be considered amongst the elite, if you will, of the of the Monster Jam ranks. And uh, he's knocking on the door, that's for sure. And you got to think that, you know, for whatever tour that he's, you know, on this coming season, he's going to be a threat to win, you know. Uh, you know, he's kind of not on the main tour, I guess, if you will, or the main TV tour. And, you know, it's kind of surprising because Wink's been there for the last few years and he's coming off of defending the the East championship, you know, he's looked great all season long. And, you know, the, the last few freestyles have been just awesome. It's an interesting catch 22 to me. I think you as a promoter, you have a couple of conflicting ideas, right? You want to have this point series where you're making stars on TV. The thing that Porter and Anderson and some of the other guys earlier in the pended days did not have to contest with, was there wasn't another simultaneous pen to point series running. There wasn't, you know, a show this, that, there, the other, and a bunch of mouths to feed, for lack of better terms. And this time, this setup, there are separate point series and also markets to consider that get yearly shows, right? So you don't want to send, as a pro- just speaking from a promoter and not from a point series standpoint, you may not want to send the same group of trucks out there and risk the show becoming stale, even if it's a good show, you know, and you want the different markets to be able to see Charlie Pawkin. Maybe he goes to Indianapolis one year and he doesn't come back for another two or three years and so on and so forth with every other driver. When you start grouping them together and sending them on tours, then that becomes a problem because, okay, well, if I can't put Charlie Pawkin in Indianapolis and Indianapolis is on the TV tour, what do I do now? So that's kind of the problem that it's a good problem to have. But seeing that kind of thing with Wink is disappointing because there's no around the USHRA segment anymore. What are you going to do to spotlight that this guy's over here running this series besides the end of season reviews? Yeah, and you know, for Wink, you know, he, like I said, he's been on the main TV tour for the last few years and it's kind of been a staple of it. I think he's been one of the only drivers to have been on all three. Um, So, you know, yeah, I think you do have to kind of change things up, you know, for the TV viewer in order to keep things from being stale. But at the same time, it's tough to kind of take, you know, one of the tour champions out of the picture, if you will. Uh, And then again, we also don't know exactly how the TV, you know, scheduling is going to plan out. But from what I understand, uh, you know, his tour isn't going to be one of the TV ones, but that's always subject to change. Um, but yeah, you know, you have to kind of change things up, but you know, we saw it happen, you know, a couple years back when Neil Elliott won the tour championship and then wasn't on it the next year. Um, so, you know, I would be cool to be able to see some variety and some different stuff, uh, you know, as an option for, uh, for viewing when it comes to, uh, you know, the upcoming season, because we're curious, I'm curious to see how the TV scheduling and everything's going to play out. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I don't understand why, and I mean, maybe I do deep down, but I don't want to understand why you don't make one or two bigger tours in quotation marks uh, as far as the points, the point series just being connected. You know, they used to have an East Coast and a West Coast thing. That's something they do in motocross. Just something to think about, guys. Just something to think about. Well, and, you know, we saw a little bit of that, but I, I'm not entirely sure if we're going to see the same for this coming year. You know, last year we had kind of the, the splits with the FS1 East, FS1 West, but there hasn't right. really been any kind of clear labeling as to what tours are what or if anything is going to be a specific TV tour. If there's seven um, separate tours, I want to know which ones are a part of the East group, which ones are a part of the West group, which ones are arena. You know, give me a, give me a segment, you know. I know that the, uh, the the Cleveland Cavaliers are in the Eastern Conference and they need to make the top eight to be able to be in the playoffs, right? I know that San Antonio Spurs are in the Western Conference and need to make the top eight to make the playoffs. There needs to be a little more stringency there. But I understand why there are sponsors exemptions and stuff like that. At the same time, if we're going to have a point series, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So, uh, kind of continuing on, uh, just some more thoughts, um, you know, uh, 
Willie O'Donnell had a pretty solid freestyle run out there in India as well. Uh, you know, for O'Donnell, it's got to be an interesting position to be in defending the, you know, the world finals freestyle championship as a guy that is a racer. I mean, you know, he said it as much when he was on the podcast with us before, you know, he's always kind of considered himself as a racer. And now he's got this added pressure of, Hey, I'm the defending world finals freestyle champion. Hey, man, it was the oil world finals out there. Lucas Oil Stadium, VP Racing Fuels, and then we got Lucas Oil Crusader. There was probably some competition back there. Yeah, and, you know, and with the way that, you know, carrying in, you know, this this title, you know, and all these expectations after he won the world finals freestyle championship, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a pressure, you know, one of these guys, you know, was, you know, uh, the first year, you know, Creighton ran after winning his freestyle championship, you know, and saw a little added pressure, you know, a little added uh, excitement to his name, if you will, uh, you know, putting him out later in the freestyle runs or, you know, some weekends he was the, the closer of freestyle. And, you know, that's a tough spot to be thrown in when you kind of see yourself as a racer and haven't really, you know, had freestyle as the main focus of your career. Uh yeah. You know, and that's not knocking either of those guys' freestyle abilities because they both can turn in great freestyle runs. But, you know, we know them more for being predominantly focused on racing. We see them more as racing aces. And, yeah, they they can still turn in a good freestyle run and can definitely win on good nights. Uh, but, you know, you still more expect the cutthroat freestyle guys to kind of go out there and, and knock those guys back to third and fourth in the, the rankings when it comes to freestyle. Um, but... You know, that's going to be an interesting thing to kind of follow and see how Lee continues to, you know, attack being the freestyle champ. Um, you know, he's definitely working on it and trying hard to, you know, improve his freestyle runs. Um, you know, they're trying some different things and, you know, trying to work in slap wheelies and, you know, just approach things a little bit differently than everybody else instead of just, you know, this crazy high momentum assault, if you will. Lee, Lee strikes me as a very technical guy, even though. Uh, he is very loquacious. He is also technical. Uh, I think that that fits his style. He is a racer at heart. He told us as much on this very podcast. But having the passion for winning sometimes makes you want to have that passion for freestyle. I like seeing that. I think Lee, Lee will do just fine. He always does and has traditionally put on outstanding performances no matter where he goes. So, that pretty much puts a bookend on the, the show aspect for me. I did want to get to a couple people's comments uh, from the YouTube stuff, if you uh, if you feel good about the rest of it. Well, uh, just to kind of run through Houston real quick. Oh, crap. Uh, for- See? There's so many shows every time. Like, there's eight Houston shows and nine Indianapolis shows and 12 <laughs> Tampa shows. All right, I'm just kidding, but seriously. Well, I, still got, I still got two more shows, brother. My uh, goodness. How many shows did you go to, Dustin? Uh, I was busy every weekend. Okay, um, well then, uh, I'm going to shut up and let Dustin talk. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah shut up. <laughs> um, dude, Houston was a good time. Uh, it was a pretty solid show from top to bottom. Racing was pretty exciting. Saw some guys really getting after it. A lot of dirt tracking going on. Uh, Cody Saussier, you know, running out the back door. He's always fun to watch run racing. Um, we had a, another double rollover race. Uh, the... I, I want to say second round matchup, uh, Lindsey Wink and Tom Mintz. Uh, both guys found themselves on their lids in spectacular fashion. Uh, Mintz hitting the second jump. Truck was a little out of shape, didn't hit it square. Goes tumbling over, somehow manages to put the truck between the dumpster and the wall in the far corner. Meanwhile, Wink doesn't know what happens in the other lane, comes around for his final hit. Standing on the throttle, thinking there's good possibility Mintz is close by in the, in the other lane. Wink, similar fashion, doesn't hit the ramp square. This time he sends his truck more towards the inside of the track and does a spectacular tumble, cartwheel, back on all fours, and drives the truck off the floor. They get it fixed back up, and Wink comes back from looking like he probably wasn't going to make the next round and maybe not even be back for freestyle. Wink comes back and wins racing, Uh, you know, so that was pretty wild. That was fun to follow over the course of the night. Um, let's see. Uh, Jamie Garner had a fantastic freestyle uh, breakout performance for him in Houston. Great run. A lot of big air. Um, nailed his first backflip. Ended up finishing second to Ryan Anderson. Uh, 
anytime that you can finish second to Ryan Anderson in freestyle, that's a statement. And the fact that he was able to drive the truck on the trailer at the end of the night, uh, can't say the same about uh, some of the uh, other competitors that finished high. Uh, you know, <laughs> look no further than Ryan Anderson's truck. I mean, that thing was in a ball of fire by the time he was over and done with. No pun intended. I've um, always wanted a special rule just for one show that if you roll over, you're disqualified. And I want to see who wins. That would be interesting. Because that, that could definitely... Uh, I would definitely play like some kind of psychological role in right. the back of some of these guys' mind, I feel like. But, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Garner, uh, props to those guys. They put together a fantastic showing there. Uh, awesome freestyle run. Lindsey Wink again with a killer freestyle run. Uh, probably big air of the night from him. Really got after it. Um, was able to take away another overall event championship. Um, Cody Saussier was plenty of fun to watch in racing. I think I already said that, but had a killer save in his freestyle run as well. Uh, Morgan Kane kind of continued on from Indianapolis with another great run. Um, you know, he's really looking more and more comfortable uh, in the stadium environment after spending so much time in arenas over the last few years. Um, you know, a lot of fun in Houston. I always enjoy getting to go down to Houston. I've been lucky enough to go down there several times over the last few years, and uh, it was really great to see energy stadium packed after everything that has happened and as well as everything that was going on in Houston at the same time, because, you know, you're coming off of everything that had happened with hurricane Harvey, uh, you know, definitely some spots in that area that got destroyed. Beautiful um, venue, but, beautiful show. And, uh, the monster jam crew made sure to go and pay tribute to some of the people that were helping out during the hurricane. You can see that on monster mm -hmm. jam's website as well. Yeah, uh, you know, 2,000 tickets, I think, went out to first responders and in the area and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, kind of continue on with, you know, how good Houston is for, for monster trucks and monster jam in general. That building was sold out on a night that the Houston Astros were in Game 6 of the ALCS, or Game 7 even, if I remember correctly. Um, they were in Game 7. There was the Houston Rockets home opener that night. Um there was a University of Houston football game the night before. There were concerts in the area. There was a lot of stuff happening in Houston. And in some of the other markets where they had done fall shows, weren't selling out. Houston was packed. Standing room only sellout. So uh, that was really cool to see. Uh, glad to see that Houston bounced back strong from everything that had happened. And, uh, you know, glad to see that an off weekend, I guess, if you will, the not normal date for Monster Jam in that area still did great. That's outstanding, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. And that uh, Houston being having so many shows during a year, I joke about it, but I, I think it's great. You know, the fact that you can go and have quality entertainment if you're a family from the Houston area and count on Monster Jam a few times a year. Hey, maybe you're taking away from some of those other other more expensive ventures, even with the rising ticket prices. I would say of Monster Jam and Monster Trucks. Uh, I still remember going to a Cincinnati Bengals football game and just feeling like, man, this is it? And I paid how much? I don't think that you're going to get that feeling very many times, hopefully, if you go watch the Monster Trucks. So that's that's great. Yeah, and uh, just to wrap up from uh, my crazy busy October, uh, this past weekend in Julia, North Carolina, last Monster Truck Throwdown event of the year was kind of a special event. It was the Halloween-themed Monster Mash, uh, Monster Throwdown's second visit to Piedmont Dragway this year. Uh, really fun time, uh, always is with the Throwdown crew, as I said earlier. Um, got the chance to see the debut of Bad Company, uh, driven by uh, our good buddy John Gordon. Uh, you've heard me talk about John Gordon a few times over the last few podcasts, and uh, John's finally getting to step up into the monster truck driver role. You know, he's been a crew chief for the past few years, as well as a mega truck driver. I was totally confident that John was going to do well uh, whenever he got the chance to jump behind the wheel of a full-size monster, and he proved me exactly right. Uh, so far, John Gordon, undefeated monster truck racer. Uh We'll see how long that lasts. I just hope he side like I picture him sidling up next to Ryan Anderson, right? And being like, So Ryan, what's your uh what's your racing record this year? <laughs> Not undefeated. 
<laughs> there's been plenty of that going on i'm sure um but yeah john's already you know he, he's looking very comfortable behind the wheel of the truck friday night put on a pretty good freestyle run you could tell he was still feeling it out a little bit he had a little bit of seat time um in the truck before coming into the show you know a little bit of testing but uh for the most part you know it's his first real full-on action and getting to hit some stuff other than some dirt jumps and he did great uh friday night you could tell he was feeling out the truck a little bit but uh, wasn't doing anything lame by any means. He was still putting on a good show. Um, Saturday night was a little bit more aggressive. Uh, went a little too hard, his first hit in freestyle. Backside of the Jackrabbit, massive hit. Uh, truck kind of side-slapped a little bit, blew out an O-ring in the front steering, and uh, sent the truck up on its side. He was able to save it, but uh, that killed the front steering, unfortunately, uh, as they, you know, have said on their social media, you know, 10 cent part cost them a freestyle, but, uh, you know, they've got a great piece there. It's, uh, the former hooligan truck built by Gary shot jr. Um, those guys are going to keep working on that thing and making it even better. Uh, super clean looking truck, uh, awesome design on it. That's a good bunch there coming out of Georgia. Uh, from what I understand, they've got another truck in the works. So that's going to be a fantastic two-truck team to watch in the future because oh. John's going to be a great driver. I'm not sure who they've got in the ranks waiting to be the second truck driver. Yeah, Gary but... Schott, man, got to meet him out in Vegas a few years back and uh, mm. was a was a real nice dude, real outstanding. Uh, you know, I, I liked watching Terminator run, and I liked – you know the involvement that they have with that that's that's good information right there on a podcast yeah so uh you know a little bummed to see you know gary had to give up the truck you know, he's he's a very busy guy with you know some of his work adventures and everything like that he built a top-notch piece you know when when hooligan debuted it was a beautiful truck um and thankfully it still is a beautiful truck in its new identity with bad company and Gary didn't mess around when he built that truck. You know, he took his time, was very meticulous with it, and put together a lot of great parts. Um, you know, was able to get all these parts and pieces together, build a fantastic truck. These guys have got it now, and they were lucky enough to find this great truck um, and be able to put it to work and add it to their stable. Uh, I imagine from the way that these guys came in and approached the event, they're going to continue to keep that truck in just as great shape and just as good condition and perform with it just as hard. Um you know, so looking forward to see what they come up with in the future with that whole bunch out of Georgia. Um, you know, like I said, if they ex get to expand to a two-truck team, which I understand is in the plans, uh, they'll be somebody to watch whether they compete on the independent circuit or eventually make the jump over to Monster Jam or however. Uh, they're going to come at it 110% uh, guns and blazing, so they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Matt Pagliarulo and Jester, awesome dude, always. Uh, the whole Pagliarulo gang, the Jester camp. Uh, always enjoy getting to see them. Really looking forward to see them over the course of first quarter. They did great in Julian. Pegley Rulo is so much fun to watch in freestyle. Uh, he's kind of like Florida Greg Wichenbach almost. Uh, there you go. You know, even the truck sounds a little bit like Crustacean. Uh, you know, Matt's not afraid to go big, but I also like to see that he does big dumb wheelies, kind of like that big dumb lobster. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he on Friday night rode out a slap wheelie about into the woods. So, uh, you know, that was sweet. Uh, as, as we alluded to earlier, uh, burritos and slap wheelies. We are fans of those things. It's like, you know, uh, what do they say? What do they say? Crab cakes and football. That's what we do. Yeah. Burritos and slap wheelies, man. That's what all monsters all about. That's right. Um, yeah. So the Peggy Ruler bunch, they're great. Uh, such a fun family. And that is a true family affair there. You know, the whole gang was in town, uh, hanging out, working on the truck, uh, Matt's son, Nick, even got a little bit of time after the show was over and done with to kind of hit some of the freestyle jumps, get a little bit of seat time. And, uh, you know, if they ever, you know, find themselves expanding to a two-truck operation, that kid's got a future there. Uh, you know, he's already got a decent grasp of driving the truck. You just have to kind of refine the skills a little bit. Um, enjoy getting to see Roy Pridgen for the first time in a while. Uh, haven't seen Roy run in action, you know, myself in a couple of years. Yeah. But, uh, Roy's an underrated driver, kind of like a Brian Wright, and that he is the second driver on a team, and you know the, the lead guy kind of gets a little bit of the attention. But Roy's no slouch behind the wheel of a truck. Uh, he's a really good driver, um, not afraid to go big, knows how to kind of ride that fine line and and not go too hard, um, and still keep things together and put on a good show and respect the equipment. Uh, Roy had a little bit of issues with the rear steer, kind of not wanting to center like it should. It was kind of having a mind of its own a little bit, but. Um, you know, you could tell he was fighting it a little bit, 
but you know to the untrained eye you know to that casual fan they may not have even known that anything was wrong but to those of us that are you know a little bit more aware and uh, paying attention to things you know he was having to manually center the truck and you know this and that and the other but he was still putting on a good show getting some big air and uh running the old ice cream man hard yeah for for those of you that that don't know just to explain it you know expand a little bit uh because all, all experience levels of monster truck fandom are welcome here Usually when you have a rear steer set up, you hit a little toggle switch back and forth to the left or the right, depending on how you set the truck up. That'll turn the rear steering all the way one way. It will automatically self-center. Now imagine trying to do that manually, and it's three times as hard. So yeah, much respect to him. It's already very, very hard just to drive a monster truck and park it. Let me tell you, yeah, it, it's it's not easy. Uh, one other thing, uh, if it's that, that the, uh, the main impressions from the... The season that was in Monster Truck Throwdown? Uh, the season was in Monster Truck Throwdown was just a lot of laughs, uh, a good amount of food consumed, and good times. Excellent. That's all what that's all we like to hear. Final final little note that I wanted to get to. Uh, did notice Gravedigger at SEMA. I see what you guys did. Gravedigger 35 debuts at SEMA to celebrate 35 years of Gravedigger. Huh? Huh? Pretty good. Yeah. I like it. Thing looks beautiful. Adam Anderson's out there signing autographs, and I did catch just a little bit of reading about this, that it's making its competitive debut in 2018. I have no freaking idea who is driving that truck, Dustin. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, that will be uh, handed over to Adam Anderson. So, uh, Adam with a brand new piece going into the first quarter. That could be something interesting to watch during the first quarter. Yeah, that's just... That's scary. <laughs> Adams beat the crap out of his other one enough. It's been the legend and all that other stuff. Uh, you know, he, he's he been through the ringer with trucks, man, now that I think about it. Because he's, he's not really gotten a fresh piece for quite some time now. So Yeah, I mean, the last time he got a new truck, it's been, what, three or four years maybe? I don't know. But, I mean, in Anderson years, that's like having yeah. a truck for 12. Like we were saying um, the other time, you know, that's dog years for... for Crew chiefs in for equipment. That's like eight, 18 years. No, um, it's, it's it's definitely uh, been run a lot. So that's great to see him get a fresh piece of equipment. Imagine him and him and Kohler dueling it out. That'll be uh, something to behold. But uh, Well, I mean, you look at that tour lineup, and we kind of already talked about it in the last podcast, but you look at the lineup that they've got together for this tour this year. You've got Adam, Neil, Todd LaDuke, Kohler. you got the Sims camp. You got Shane England with Kahuna. That's you know that's an up and coming team to watch right there. Yeah. You know Jerry McNeil and Roy Pridgen, like we were just talking about Roy, um, Brianna Mahant. That's a stacked tour. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Brianna. Bring Brianna with the new identity tour. too. That's going to yeah. be something to think about. I mean, yeah. That's a stupid good lineup for seven weekends of stadiums. Uh, yeah. That's going to be fun to watch. And oh, and Jester. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. stupid big. I can't leave out my boy Matt. Um, yeah, dude, that's stupid good lineup to have uh, for seven weekends in a row. I'm really going to enjoy watching that this winter. Well, uh, stupid good lineup. I hope you guys enjoy the stupid good podcast. Uh, I'm gonna wrap. Things I don't know up about because, that good word. What stupid great, stupid wonderful, stupid excellent. Uh, whatever. Uh, just, yeah. Okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's wicked sick. Uh, so wicked. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that you guys uh, do enjoy listening to us ramble on about monster trucks. I think in the next episode, we're going to go ahead and take a look at some of your comments. Uh, I really did enjoy reading the comment section a lot of the last uh, podcast that we did. So make sure you guys are leaving all your questions, all your comments in the comment section of the YouTube video. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us there uh, and get any sort of questions that you want answered. Feel free to hit us up. It's the all monster you can follow us on Instagram at All Monster, and of course YouTube is All Monster Videos. And I think that you can get all of your questions together, throw them at us, and we'll make the next podcast, episode number fifteen, uh, pending a few perhaps guests, uh, all about answering your questions. If not, then we'll save that one for sixteen. But we have a, have a few drivers coming down the pipe. We're gonna see what's going on. Yeah, we're gonna see if we can uh, get a hold of some people. We've had we've had some contacts. Uh, looking forward to kind of reaching out and connecting with a few guys. Uh, as everybody knows, we're kind of in first quarter prep for some of these guys. So, uh, you know, for those that are busy tinkering and working on the trucks, uh, they 
they tend to stay busy this time of year. But uh, we've had a few folks reach out to us, so and we're going to reach back out to them and try and line some things up. So hopefully we can bring you some cool guests. Otherwise, you just have to listen to Robbie and I talk. And I know that's unpleasant for you all, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Judging by the comments, all 15 of the people that listen to this podcast are really happy. (laughs) So, hey, thanks, guys. We do appreciate it. It does mean a lot. Yeah. To that 15, get yourself a burrito and let us know what you think. All right, we're going to slap Wheelie on out of here. Maybe eat a burrito. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for watching. Make sure you're dropping a like on the video, leaving a subscription, or just following us on whatever podcast service you deem worthy of your time and attention. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for watching.